The net is closing in on the senior members of the Kinnahan cartel. An investigation into the organised crime gang has been completed by the Gardaí and a file has been sent to the Director of Public Prosecutions. The focus of the investigation is the activity of cartel leaders Christy Kinnahan Sr. and his two sons, Daniel Kinnahan and Christy Kinnahan Jr. Now it's up to the DPP to decide whether the men should be prosecuted and face trial here in Ireland on charges that could land them in prison for years. When we look at the type of offences that they could be charged with, particularly Daniel Kinnahan, I mean, you know, leading an organised crime gang is one. Um, that was a new offence that was only introduced back in 2008. Irish Times crime and security editor Conor Lally talks about the charges the Kinnahans might face, the likely court case, and explains that the Kinnahans have found new ways of running their drugs operation in Ireland. So they've effectively now switched to this franchise system. And what they are doing, I understand from my guard sources, is that they're essentially charging Irish organised crime a certain fee for being allowed access into their contacts. I'm Bernice Harrison. This is in the news from the Irish Times. Today, will the Kinnahan cartel ever face justice in Ireland? Connor, last month in your interview with Garda Commissioner Drew Harris, he dropped quite the bombshell. He said that a file has been sent to the DPP, that's the Director of Public Prosecutions, relating to the leaders of the Kinnahan cartel. We don't know the details of the file. We're not going to know that. But do we know who is targeted and what kind of charges could they face? Yeah, well, certainly Christy Kinnahan Sr., Christopher Kinnahan Jr., uh, Daniel Kinnahan. So the three, you know, well-known people in the cartel, I suppose. And there's at least one other person under investigation as well as part of that inquiry. Daniel Kinnahan, it is fair to say, is the number one target of of Angarda Shikana. You know, certainly from speaking to senior Gardaí, any conversation that you have with them about their hopes for the outcome of the inquiry, their hopes for, you know, who would face charges, who would go on trial here in Ireland. Daniel Kinnahan is always the person at the forefront of those conversations. And I think really that is because um, he has probably been a little bit more involved in the Irish end of the Kinnahan cartel than either his father or Christopher Kinnahan Jr., and when we look at the type of offences that they could be charged with, particularly Daniel Kinnahan, I mean, you know, leading an organised crime gang is one. Um, that was a new offence that was only introduced back in 2008. It hasn't been really used against people a huge amount of times. It can be a complex one. The type of evidence that you require, uh, you know, it's it has only resulted in prosecutions a few times really in the Irish courts. But it would carry a, a term of life, um, you know, up to life in prison for anybody convicted of that crime. Given some of the evidence that has been put before the courts, particularly by the Criminal Assets Bureau, in recent years, evidence relating to, you know, what the Gardaí say is Daniel Kinnahan's role in the cartel. If he was convicted of directing an organised crime gang, you could certainly expect the sentence would be quite high. Having said that, and unusually, he's got no convictions in Ireland at all. So, you know, unusually, he'd be a first-time offender before the courts in Ireland. I am very pleased to be here today for this important announcement of a series of actions our countries and organizations are undertaking jointly to counter the Kinahan transnational 
criminal organization, also known as the KTC. And I think it was, you know, in April last year that a load of us just fully came to understand how global the Kinahan cartel is. And that was when the US Department of State imposed sanctions on members of the cartel and offered rewards of up to $5 million for information leading to the rest of the Kinahan leadership. We want to send a clear message that the United States will continue to work with its partners and make every effort to disrupt operations and bring their leaders to justice no matter where they are. Now, that's obviously, you know, last April, 12 months. But if the DPP decides that there is a case against the Kinahan leadership and that they should face trial here in Ireland, how difficult will it be to get them back here, though? Yeah, it may be quite hard, Um, certainly on the basis of the evidence so far. I mean, the authorities in the United Arab Emirates haven't really played ball either with the guards with the UK end of the inquiry, with the Spanish end of the inquiry. But I think the big game changer now is, as you say, the US authorities have been really overtly very heavily involved since early last year. They obviously imposed sanctions on the Kinahans and four other men who they said were at the apex of the cartel. Now, we know the Kinahans, um, for example, Christy Kinahan Sr., um, he has been in Dubai for you know almost uh, 10 years now. Daniel Kinnan has been there for, you know, some years as well. Now, look, they're traveling around all the time, but Dubai remains the headquarters. And, you know, it does appear to be the place where they would have to be extradited, you know, from back to Ireland to face charges here. There's no extradition arrangements between either the UAE and Ireland or the UAE and the EU. And they would be normally the kind of agreements that we would fall back on, but we don't have them in this particular case. Having said that, any two countries can extradite people between the two territories once they agree on how that will unfold. So there are still hurdles that have to be cleared here. It's a complicated game, but the guards will be hoping if the DPP recommends charges against any of the three Kinahans arising from the Garda inquiry that's just been completed, the guards will be hoping that they're of such high value um, that the US authorities will be able to pressure the UAE into extraditing um, any of those men back here. At the time when the bounty was put on their heads, was there a feeling, though, that if they were ever brought to trial, it would be in the US? It wouldn't be in Ireland? Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. The press conference that happened, um, I think it was in April of uh, last year, it, you know, it was very... It was obviously run by the guards, uh, but the Americans were the big show in town, if you like. The sanctions that they imposed were really, you know, heavy. The rewards for information were just huge, you know, uh, I mean, far beyond anything Ireland, you know, would ever do. There was very much an American feel and it felt like a really strong entry into this inquiry. They've got such power really all over the world. They've got such influence and they're also very experienced at bringing people before the courts who operate in places all over the world, basically. But what does it say, though, at the same time that, you know, there was there's millions of dollars in bounty on their heads and that was 18 months ago and they still haven't been caught. There's nobody shot them. They still haven't been brought to justice. Yeah, they still haven't been caught. I suppose if you look, I mean, really, if you look at the if you look at the various inquiries that have taken place across the world, I mean, principally in Spain, Britain and Ireland, 
the lower down people, you know, the people at the very bottom of the rung, they were caught first. And then gradually, I suppose, um, the authorities worked their way up and then some fairly senior people, um, you know, were even jailed in Ireland and in the UK. Generally speaking, um, the people at the top of these organisations are well insulated from being charged because I suppose what they do is once they reach a certain scale, they use their power and their wealth to outsource all the risk. So they don't carry the drugs, they don't launder the cash, the bank accounts aren't in their name, the phones aren't in their name, all of that. So they have other people who really carry all the risk. But Thomas Cavanagh particularly would be on the same level as Daniel Kinahan is in the cartel. You know, he effectively ran the uh, UK operation for the cartel. Obviously, Cavanagh uh, is serving 21 years for drug trafficking in the UK. The crime agency estimated that he oversaw the importation of 36 million euro worth of cannabis and cocaine into the UK in 2016 and 2017. So, uh, you know, the jailing of Kavanaugh in the UK uh, really shows you that the Kinahans can be caught. And it also shows you that the information, the intelligence that international law enforcement has, it stretches all the way up to the top of the cartel. And the Gardaí here, really, they have been carrying out the inquiry into the Kinahans and, you know, various others at the top of the cartel for quite some time. You know, from speaking to Garda sources, they basically say that once we send this file to the DPP, OK, you know, we can add to it later on and so on. But it can't become protracted at that stage. You've got to put your best foot forward. You've got to have... All the evidence you're ever going to have is, really has to be in the file before you send it in. Do you, do you think so it just takes time. Do you think there's any nerves in relation to that? In that, you know, the Hutch trial, that was the, the, the last big major trial. Jerry Hutch walks free from court, acquitted of one of Ireland's most notorious murders. You know, there was a lot of arguments at the time that was he charged with the wrong crime? Uh, should he have been charged with something else? Did the DPP make an error? You know, do you think that's that'll cause nerves in this? I think that will cause a lot of nerves, yeah. I suppose the Special Criminal Court judgment in the Jerry Hutch case, you know, effectively said he could have been charged with other crimes. Um, and this will be, if any of the Kinahans are charged, um, the nature of the crimes they're charged with, both the DPP and the guards will have to Think about that very, very carefully. You don't want a situation where you get one of these people back in Ireland, extradited back here. The person goes on trial and within a few days or maybe a week of the evidence um, unfolding in the court that you begin to realise, uh-oh, we've kind of charged this guy with the wrong crime. And that, again, is part of the reason why this inquiry has been going on for, for so long. It's been a huge investigation. There have been police forces involved in it all over the world. If one of these people goes to trial, there will, I would imagine, there will be intelligence and evidence behind the case that has come from, you know, as I say, all over the world. So, yes, there will be nerves. There will be a lot of nerves. But at the same time, I think everybody probably expected the Americans to have more success against the Kinahans than Irish law enforcement. And I think it'd be a major win for the guards if they were able to extradite any of the Kinahans back here and put them on trial, I, you know, it'd be a huge day. OK, so let's say they are extradited. They arrive back here. Would they be tried together in the Special Criminal Court or would it, would it be separately? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, certainly Jerry Hutch was put on trial with his co-accused for the murder of um, David Byrne at the Regency Hotel back in 2016. So, you know, that kind of trial is not unusual. I suppose in my mind's eye, I find it hard to see Christy Kinahan Sr. and perhaps Christopher Kinahan Jr. being charged in Ireland. Christy Kinahan Sr. has been just at this for so long. I don't know, maybe I'm kind of, you know, naive or whatever, but... I just find it very hard to see Christy Kinahan Sr. being charged in Ireland. But I think Daniel Kinahan is probably the one who's more likely to be charged. His profile is higher. Daniel Kinahan also, it appears to me, um, took a slightly more hands-on role in what was going on in Ireland in terms of getting involved in the argument with the Hutches that you know led to the Kinahan-Hutch feud. So he's the main target and I think there will be probably more evidence and intelligence on him than there will be on his brother or his father. But they could all go on trial at the same time. I mean, if the DPP directs that all three be charged, they could, yeah, which would obviously be a quite unusual spectacle here in Ireland. Um, It wouldn't be the type of trial that we've ever seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to even imagine the security operation that would need to be in place. But I think Daniel Kinnan is the main target. I think he's more likely to be charged with a crime. And then, okay, so we've imagined they're back in Ireland. We've imagined they've been through the court. And let's say they were then tried. Would they be allowed to mix with, you know, the regular prisoners in the like of Mount Joy? Because presumably a lot of their henchmen are in jail. Well, they would. I mean, I don't think they'd get bail or anything um, if they were extradited back. So they would be... If they were charged, they'd be remanded in prison, you know, before they went on trial. You could have a fairly lengthy period before they went on trial. I mean, Jerry Hutch was in prison for quite some time before he actually went on trial. But generally what they've tended to do in the Irish prison service, and it's been a big issue for them, um, they keep rival gangs apart. And almost everybody going into a jail has to be asked now, you know, Do they fear anybody in the prison? They're told where they're going to be put, who they're going to be placed in with. Do they have any problems with any of those people? And one of the big things in the jail now is is to try and work out, for anybody who comes in, have they any links or any rivalries specifically with either Kinahan or Hutch people? Um, that That is the number one security concern in Irish jails now. And a lot of their segregation of gangs, the Kinahan Hutch feud, that's at the centre of it, basically. So if Daniel Kinahan or any of the Kinnahans was remanded here in an Irish jail before they went on trial, they would be just placed in an area of the jail where, you know, in with people who are regarded as being, you know, loyal to them or certainly friendly to them. I don't think any crazy special arrangement would be made for them in jail. They would probably be in Portlaoise prison, which is where all the gangland people go, and they would just be in a wing of the jail with their own ilk. Coming up, the Kinnahan's new way of doing business in Ireland. I'll continue my conversation with Conor Lally after this short break. So the Kinnahan's currently are out of reach in Dubai, but do they reach back? I, I mean, is the Kinahan operation still on the go here? Oh, yeah, they certainly reach back. I mean, they, they, they reach everywhere. I mean, that's the answer to that question. It is kind of incredible how big and powerful they are, really, even still. You know, what they previously had was, certainly in England and Ireland, they had a group of, you know, Irish people in 
the UK and obviously here in Ireland who handle their drugs empire here. Um, so they would supply drugs into the Irish and UK markets and then they had their 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 key people there organising all of that. So taking in the drugs, you know, ensuring that various, you know, clients, i.e. gangs all over England and Ireland got their share of the drugs, collected the cash and then got the cash back out of the country. So again. that sounds like a company. That sounds like management That's basically staff. It. Sounds like a company. Yeah. So... What's happened now is is that that kind of operation, their operation in the UK and Ireland has been wiped out um, in terms of the people they always had in place. So they've effectively now switched to this franchise uh, system. And it's kind of two-tiered, if you like. Um, if we go back about a year or two, possibly even a bit longer, as the Garda inquiry into the Kinahan cartel, both in Ireland and then the international inquiry into them overseas, as that was ramped up, obviously the Kinnans felt the squeeze of that. A lot of their drugs were found, for example, a lot of their key people were jailed um, and so on. So that's going to have an impact even on a very large organisation. So for a period, they essentially cut back. They were doing things like paying people who were in jail for crimes that they carried out on behalf of the cartel. So they were still paying them money. They had people on, you know, retainers here to, you know, drive drugs around, uh, shoot people um, and so on. So the retainers were cut back, you know, in inverted commas, wages for the people in jail were also cut back on. Um, and the, I suppose their drugs empire just shrank both in Ireland and in England. But So what they've been doing now for the last couple of years is because they don't have the gangs in Ireland and England that they that always handled their drugs, they've been hiring people on a kind of a franchise one-off kind of basis. And, you know, the, the idea of that is one group of people will agree to take in a consignment of Kinahan drugs either coming into Ireland or England and then they will take on the job that the Byrne Organised Crime Group always had in Ireland or the Thomas Kavanagh Group always had in England. And they will manage that consignment for the cartel. And these are people, some of the people involved in that now are, you know, some are Irish, some are from abroad. A lot of them have never been on the Garda radar ever for anything. So that's one thing that they've done. A second strand of that kind of franchisee system is that they are doing things like selling their contacts, selling their drugs routes. So if you think of the Kinahan cartel like a kind of a logistic network, basically, and what they have that other people don't have, they've got they've got really serious contacts where they buy drugs at, at source, usually in South America, Central America. They've got partners in continental Europe, uh, Central Europe, Eastern uh, Europe that they team up with. And they pool their cash and they buy vast quantities of uh, cocaine. Then when the cocaine arrives into Europe, they will then work with their partners here to, you know, chop up the drugs and send it all over the place, basically. So they have a lot of contacts and they have a lot of trusted partners who own things like trucking companies and who have bribed people in places like airports and, you know, car ferry terminals and police forces all over the world. And what they are doing, I understand from my Garda sources, is that they're essentially charging Irish organised crime a certain fee for being allowed access into their contacts. So, i.e., we will organise this deal for you or we will put you in touch with people and you can organise the deal for yourself 
and we want X amount of money off it. Well, I mean, it seems to me hearing you describe that, that and then talking before that about the charges that the Kinnahans might face, that seems to be they're putting yet another layer, a really big layer between them and, you know, actually having their hand on on some criminal activity that they could be charged with. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, and I mean, that's what they've been able to do now really for years. I mean, Christy Kinahan Sr. Uh, rather was freed from prison here nearly 25 years ago. When he got out of jail, he went straight over to Spain and he started to grow the cartel from that point. And really, they grew so quickly, particularly because the economy in Europe took off. The market for drugs really exploded and they got very rich very fast. And once they had a good few quid, they could outsource all the risk. And this is why it's been so hard to catch them. Um, You can catch the people who, you know, carry out the murders, who drive the drugs around. And you can even catch the people who manage all of those. So the people who direct the murders, direct the drug dealing. Um, But once you go above that into senior management, because they are so hands-off, they're not one step removed. They're like... 20 steps. And that's why it's so hard to catch these people. And I guess that's why if any of them go on trial here, and I I suspect they will, I have to say, I suspect we will see a Kinahan in an Irish courtroom at some point going on, on trial, probably Daniel. And I mean, the evidence that the guards produced during the trial, it would be really interesting. Um, it'll be really interesting to see the level of surveillance they managed to put on these people at the very apex of the cartel. And we'd hear that during the court case, I suppose. But do you have any idea of the time frame of this? When might we hear that the DPP has made a decision? Well, the file has only gone in, you know, relatively, uh, you know, relatively recent time. And when you submit a file, particularly one this big and this complex, and particularly at the end of a guard inquiry that's taken as long as this particular one has. There'll be no rush on in the DPP's office to get a charge or not, you know, very fast. Um, The DPP will go through all this very slowly and there'll be constant feedback between the DPP's office and the guards um, about the quality of the evidence and, you know, all of that. So, you know, how long is a piece of string really? Uh, They generally tend to take their time and on this case, I think it would be a, l- a very long period of time. So once it's complex and once it's big, it just takes time. Conor Lally, thanks very much. That's it for today. For more reporting on crime and security issues from Conor Lally, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode is produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>